Okay, so beginning season three of this um, podcast series is enzyme kinetics, and we're going to talk a lot about kinetics in this um, module, um, specifically rates of reactions and uh, uh, reaction coordinate and rate laws, um, speeds of reactions and all this stuff. Um, so the first thing we need to talk about is rate laws. And you know you should be familiar with this. If you're not, it's totally cool. Um, recall um, that the for first order kinetics, the rate law is very simple. It's just K, some constant that depends on environmental conditions, multiplied by the concentration of the reactants, the individual reactants of your reaction. So if you have the reaction A plus B yields C plus D, it's the rate law is K times the concentration of A times the concentration of B because both A and B are reactants. Now I want to, um, because this is enzyme kinetics, so we're still gonna be using enzymes, I want you to remember what I was talking about in terms of the active site and the substrate interactions. Um, specifically, um, that you have the uh, uh, enzyme-substrate complex formed, and then the uh, reaction occurs, which you know changes the substrate to a product, which is then released. And so I'm actually, you know, uh, I'm actually, we're going to look at that. Let me convert it to reaction form. I've written it as E plus S uh, yields ES, which yields E plus P. E plus S is the enzyme and substrate as separate parts. ES is the enzyme substrate complex and E plus P is enzymes and enzyme and products. Okay. So you'll note in this, first of all, all, all three are at, or both reactions are at equilibrium. E plus S yields ES is at equilibrium, and ES yields E plus P is also at equilibrium. And you can actually write rate laws for these. So for the first rate law, it's K1 times the concentration of E times the concentration of S, because the first reaction is E plus S yields ES. The second rate law is rate two uh, is equal to K2 times the concentration of ES only, because ES the is the reactant for the second uh, reaction, ES yields E plus P. Uh, don't worry though. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're getting nervous about this far into the module, I'm talking so much about formulas and equations. I'm gonna do a lot of interpretations later on. Um, this type of uh, study involves a lot of uh, equations and mathematical interpretation, but I will always end with the real world interpretation to kind of bring it back to the biochem realm. Okay, so um, I'm gonna introduce some more terminology. Um, specifically the rate V. So V uh, is used to denote the rate of reaction. And this is um, the rate of change of product concentration with respect to time. So you can write V equals delta concentration of P over delta T. Or for those of you who are um, further along in your mathematical endeavors, you can, it's actually, it is the derivative, right? So DP over DT. That's not really super important until I think one or two modules later. So I'm not gonna waste your time. Um, so now what I want to mention, and the reason I had, I specified those rate laws on this recording, even though I can't write it out, uh, remember the rate laws that I made for the two reactions. Okay. Um, what you'll notice, let's, let's take R1, rate one. Okay. Remember it is K1 times the concentration of E times the concentration of S. Where did each of those come from? E and S are both reactants. That's why we throw them in there. K1 is there just because it's a constant. K is always there. I specify one because there were multiple reactions. Okay. So what you notice by looking at this rate law is that rate seems to be proportional to the concentration of E and the concentration of S, right? Because it can't be proportional to the concentration of K because that's a constant, right? The whole idea behind proportionality is if you change one variable, the other one changes with some respect, right? And, and you would be correct or half correct. 
rate actually is only proportional to the concentration of the substrate. Why? Why is the rate not proportional to the concentration of the enzyme? That's a reactant too, right? Our rate law involved the concentration of the enzyme. And the reason is, and this is where I'll start to bring in some interpretation, the, generally, the concentration of enzyme, our interpretation of that is that it is the total amount of enzyme present, right? Concentration of enzyme is total amount of enzyme present. This quantity is constant. In, in your vial, in your tube, wherever the reaction is occurring, the, the, you, know, you might have 50 enzymes, you know, and you don't have 51 at one point, you don't have you know, 49 at one point, you always have 50. That value is constant. And for this reason, the concentration of E actually acts as a constant as well. So that's why rate is only proportional to the concentration of the substrate, because both K and E are constants. Okay. Now I'm going to shift gears a little bit or, and progress forward to the concept of V max. You remember that V is the speed of the reaction. Uh, and we went into a little bit more about what it was. V max is obviously the maximum speed or the maximum rate of reaction. And I'll kind of give you a very simple example to explain this. Say you have three enzymes, E1, E2, and E3. And each one uh, at, in optimum ideal conditions at peak performance can catalyze 10 reactions per second. Okay, each one, E1, E2, and E3. Then your V max would be 30 reactions per, per second, right? It's just the maximum, if, assuming every enzyme behave, behaves uh, at their maximum level, then we get the maximum rate speed. Okay, and the idea behind Vmax hinges on a very, very important principle, which I'm going to specify right now. Um, at a certain substrate concentration, the enzymes are saturated. Pause. Let me do the interpretation again. So re you recall that enzymes have active sites that that substrates occupy, right? I just told you 30 seconds ago that the concentration of the enzyme generally remains constant, right? Because that, that, that tube vial is closed off. No, en no other enzymes are being added or removed, right? So if I have a total, if I have a set number of enzymes, that means I have a set number of active sites also, right? And so the idea behind what I'm saying is that if you increase the substrate concentration, you'll, you'll eventually reach a point where every active site is occupied, right? What happens if you increase the substrate past that point? Well, every active site is occupied, so all the enzymes are saturated and nothing, uh, the enzyme rate of reaction doesn't increase any further, okay? And so that's the principal idea, that increasing the substrate concentration yields some Vmax value, some maximum rate of reaction. And drastically increasing the same substrate concentration yields the same Vmax value. Right? In other words, if I add 10 substrates versus if I add 1 billion, the max, the V max value still might be, you know, uh, um, you know, 10, uh, 10 products per second or whatever it is. And so that's kind of a very important point. And now, you know, to be, to end this module, um, I'm going to specify that, um, there are various assumptions, three main assumptions that this idea of saturation point hinges on. And actually, I forgot to mention, um, I just want to specify when I say saturation point, graphically, that looks like a plateau, right? When something reaches a saturation point, it plateaus, okay? So it increases to some point, and then it stops increasing. And that point that it stops increasing at, that is the Vmax. If you plot substrate concentration on the x-axis and V, and v the rate of the reaction on the y-axis, the y value of the plateau will be the Vmax, and that is the saturation point. So these three assumptions that allow us to um, allow us to you know develop these ideas are number one that the solution behaves ideally, 
And this is a fancy way of saying that that stuff that I said at the beginning, E plus S yields ES, which yields E plus P, those two reactions, those occur. The reaction proceeds that way. That's when that's how the rea- the solution would behave ideally is the reaction proceeds that way in that way. In other words, if it if, if we have those two reactions, we also have the same R1 and R2 rate laws. Okay, that's the first assumption that the solution behaves ideally. Number two is that the constants remain constant. Okay, that's an assumption that the K value doesn't change. And you might say, wait, but I thought you said K is a constant. It doesn't change, right? Yes, but what did I say at the very beginning of this module? K is a constant that de- that depends on and is determined by environmental conditions, right? So if the environmental conditions change even a little bit to the point where K changes, we won't be able to make these, these uh, deductions, okay? So the constants must remain constant. So that's including K, uh, which depends on the environment, but also... Remember what I said, that the concentration of E also acts as a constant. K is not our only constant in this. E is also a constant. We're not adding or removing any enzymes. So that that concentration of enzymes also must um, not change. And you might say, okay, well, uh, you know, it's not changing because I'm not adding or removing any enzymes, right? Yes, but also the concentration cannot change from protein synthesis or degradation. So in other words, if these reactions produce more enzymes, that increases the concentration, that increases the number of enzymes, right? And if one of these enzymes, you know, it becomes denatured, that's, you know, loss of an enzyme, okay? So, you know, the constants must remain constant. Number three, the reaction of substrate to product without the assist of enzymes is negligible, produces negligible results. In other words, the rate of the reaction of the substrate to product without the help of enzymes is negligible, that products are not formed rapidly enough. So these are the three assumptions. That's really the end of this module. I'm sorry it took so long. Um, not, they're not all going to be that long. Um, but I want to include the idea that, you know, the assumptions that I specified allow us to make these, you know, kind of big uh, deductions about, you know, Vmax and the plateau point with increased substrate concentration. And that might not seem a lot, but once we get to the meat of this module, you will see that these assumptions really help us say a lot of things.